This podcast is brought to you by BrunerAcademy.com, your online resource for the best public speaking, presentation, storytelling skills courses. Become a rock star communicator in any setting. Visit BrunerAcademy.com. From experimenting in her kitchen to following her intuition, my guest calls herself an accidental entrepreneur. Founding a company was never Kara Golden's goal, and yet, Hint Water is now the number one unsweetened flavored water in the United States, and her company is worth more than $150 million, all because Kara refused to compromise and because she conquered her fears and doubts. Hello, everyone. I'm so glad you're tuning in today to listen to today's episode of Live Your Best Life with Liz Bruner. I'm Liz, and I'm thrilled to have joining me today, Kara Golden, the founder of Hint. Kara, welcome to the show. Thank you. Excited to be here. Well, as we begin our conversation, I'm sipping on a bottle of your most favorite uh, flavor, I think, or most popular flavor, I should say, blackberry Hint water. Delicious. I have to say, I've got Dan, my digital producer, drinking the cherry. And I also have another intern drinking the blackberry as well. So thank you very much for supplying us with some water. It's delicious. Of course. I'm excited that you that you have some there. I have a blueberry lemon in front of me Ooh, right now. That sounds delicious. All right. So Hint Water has no sugar, zero calories, no artificial sweeteners, and no preservatives. All started because you wanted to drink more water, lose weight, kick the diet soda habit, and get healthier. How many of us want to really do that? How did the idea of fruit-flavored water even start? Yeah, it was truly by accident. I mean, I had been a tech executive, and I was taking a little bit of time with my young family at home. And I think in many ways, I was, I was focusing on making sure that I was doing the right thing for my young kids, you know, and what I was putting in their bodies. And, and at one point, I, I looked down at my diet soda, Diet Coke in particular, and saw all of the ingredients in this can, this red can in particular. <laughs> and I, I thought, wow, I've never really paid that much attention. I, I really had thought that I was doing the right thing because this drink was called diet. And that's when I thought, I think I'm just going to eliminate it from what I do every single day, uh, not just once a day, but I was drinking, I don't know, anywhere from eight to 12, depending on the day. Wow. Of these- Wow, that's a lot. <laughs> right? It, it is. And so I thought, I'm going to just do it and see what happens, see if there's any changes, if I feel better, maybe I'll lose some weight too. But really, I didn't think that that was even possible. Because again, this was a diet drink. But what I noticed two and a half weeks later was not only did I feel better, and I had lost some weight. Um, my skin had cleared up. I had some different like adult acne spots on, on my face. The key thing, I had lost over 20 pounds in two and a half weeks. And I thought, this is nuts. And as I started to share my story with friends of mine, that's when I really thought, I'm not the only one that is tricked by these words like diet, where there's a whole industry out there that is really pushing to make consumers believe that something is healthier than it isn't. Healthy perception versus healthy reality, I call it. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, what I really want is water that just tastes better, that isn't just plain water that has some fruit in it without diet sweeteners, without sugar in it. That will get me to drink something beyond the diet soda or beyond the water. 
when I looked in my local store, that's when I was surprised. Again, had never looked for water quite like what I was describing, but I thought it has to be there. Mm -hmm. And I looked everywhere. I looked on the West Coast where I live. I looked on the East Coast and I thought, while I'm trying to figure out exactly what I want to do for my next role, assuming that would be in tech, since that's where my experience had been, I think I'm just going to, I don't know, I'll just start a drink and try and get it into a store. I mean, it'll just keep me entertained, I guess, for a moment. <laughs> if it doesn't work, then I'll just have a bunch in my cabinet. You know, it was in some ways, it was it was a game to me. I felt like it was, why don't I just see what will happen? And, and as I started going in to this local grocery store called Whole Foods had just come into our market, that's when I, I thought, oh, this will be kind of fun. And I kept hearing all these answers to my questions that really made my curiosity kind of peak like it hadn't in many, many years, frankly. And I thought, if I can just do this, maybe I can not only help myself drink water, but maybe I could actually help a lot of other people drink water, too, who obviously are hooked on these diet drinks and and sugary drinks. So that's how it started. Mm. You begin to experiment with infusing this fruit into your water, and yet you ran into so many roadblocks over and over and over again. Everything from the naysayers who told you, no one's going to want unsweetened flavored water, to then trying to figure out once you'd created this water, the shelf life of a product that had no preservatives. What kept you from throwing in the towel and giving it all up? I mentioned curiosity. I mean, I was always a really curious person, but I felt like I was making progress, even though I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> Not to say that I didn't have moments where I felt like I was stepping back. There were definitely hurdles that I would run into. Like I, I didn't know what a distributor was. I had to learn a new language around things like caps that went on mm -hmm. drinks. I thought that was a name and it was actually, they're called closures. They're not called caps. So things like that, I thought were just interesting. Mm -hmm. Then I started really hearing from consumers when I got it on the shelf and we had put an 800 number on the bottle and an email. And I started hearing from consumers that this drink was exactly what they were looking for. And not only that, but for me, it was about helping me drink more water. Mm -hmm. But for these people that were writing to me, it was helping them with some major health concerns. I remember one in particular that I heard. It was the first time I'd ever heard of this disease called type 2 diabetes. And again, this was just almost 17 years ago now when it was really pretty new, different from type 1 diabetes that you're born with. What this gentleman said to me was that he found that even with diet drinks and diet sweeteners, that he was still having a hard time regulating his insulin levels. Mm. He was really had been looking for something because he didn't like the taste of plain water. So that's when I really started to feel like if I could actually find other people like him, other groups, whether it be people dealing with type 2 diabetes or over the years, I mean, people who have been dealing with healing from cancer or things that where they're told from their doctor that you really want to avoid sugar or, mm -hmm. or any kind of sweetener that's going to not actually help you heal as quickly. That to me is a great purpose, a great mission to engage with that can actually 
be a very positive thing, not just go develop a product in CPG and take on the beverage industry and the big sweeteners that are out there and all of that. Yes, that does it. But I I really felt like the consumers needed me to do this. And Mm -hmm. frankly, you know, even the first couple of years of building Hint, I didn't take a salary. I really was doing this because I was on a mission to help a lot of other people. So it had a bigger need for me that was solved. You talked about being in the tech industry. You had a number of career chapters before you got into starting Hint. And even being an executive assistant at time, you went to CNN. You had so much travel through all of those things. At the same time, what I think is so interesting is that when you started Hint in 2005, you and your husband had four children, all under the age of six. Now, most people would think that'd be a crazy time to start a business. And the other thing that I find so fascinating, too, is that, Kara, you really didn't have a background in the beverage industry. And you talked about the caps and the closures and the entire language that you really had to learn. And when you think about the beverage industry, I don't know if most people know this or not, but it certainly is not an easy one to get into. The failure rate for startups in that industry is 90% in the first year. Even after having been in it for 10 years, you and your husband were at risk of losing everything you owned. So what skills did you learn from all these other roles that you had that allowed you to continue to persevere and keep going? Well, I think you touched on a word that I think about a lot, and it really is perseverance. The most successful entrepreneurs in any industry are the ones that really do persevere, right? No matter what challenges they hit along the way, they figure out what they can do in order Mm -hmm. to continue moving forward. I think one of the benefits that I had over the years is that working for people either directly or indirectly in tech mostly, although in media, I guess in many ways starting out there, really helped me to realize that it was less about having relevant experience, but more about having a great idea and feeling like if they didn't actually go do this, then no one else would. Hmm. Major entrepreneurs, like I worked at CNN in the early 90s when Ted Turner was still running around the office and and (laughs) saying 24-hour news around the world. I mean, there were many people that didn't actually think that he knew what he was talking about. People thought it was crazy at the time. Who would want 24-hour news, right? He was in billboard advertising. That's where his family had kind of grown up. So again, he didn't have exactly the experience that one might think. He wasn't programming for ABC News or even news overall. Watching him and seeing that the best entrepreneurs, the best, frankly, leaders are the ones that really put spikes in the ground around an idea and then find people to help them build it. Mm. And every day they may have setbacks that kind of derail them slightly, but then they keep figuring out how do I move forward? And, you know, that continued on when I moved out to Silicon Valley. I didn't work for Steve Jobs, but I worked for some people who had worked for Steve that definitely, I think, got a lot of expertise from him on figuring out the same thing where the best internet entrepreneurs back then and best tech entrepreneurs don't necessarily come from Microsoft or Cisco or Yahoo. They go and figure out, how do I get this idea into the market and start getting traction? That's the key thing. Mm -hmm. And having that, I don't know if you call it 
skills necessarily or having the memories, right, of seeing how they were able to do it, seeing that they were very normal people that were considered godlike by others. But when you're working for somebody like that, you know that they must have days where they feel, I don't know if this is going to work or not, but I have to, (laughs) I have to try. You have to try. Yeah. And so that I think was definitely an advantage that I share with people. Even leaving America Online when I did in 2001, I I didn't think, okay, now after three startups, I'm going to go and start my own. There are some people that do that. For me, it it was when I had this idea that I thought, oh, it'd be really fun to go and try and see if I can get it on the shelf at the local store. It's funny, I look back, I talk about it in my book, but my dad was a food entrepreneur and he had founded a brand called Healthy Choice inside of Armor Food Company, which was eventually acquired by ConAgra. I remember when I was starting Hint, I said, so how do I get my product into Safeway? And if you're working inside of a large company in an innovation group as he was, very different than what I was trying to do, which was gain shelf space from nowhere, right? Starting an entirely new category that wasn't in, in the market too. So I guess it was in my blood to some extent, but it still was extremely different and certainly not food. I mean, it was it was a drink. You just talked about your book and it is titled Undaunted, Overcoming Doubts and Doubters. And I loved reading it. It's a wonderful book that is part autobiography, part business memoir. And you talk about growing up in Scottsdale, Arizona. You were the youngest of five, and you talked about your dad. And I'm curious, as a child, what did you think you wanted to be growing up? I think at one point I wanted to be a gymnast, and I was quite sure that I could (laughs) not only be in the Olympics, but, I don't know, be a coach and That, I think, went away probably before high school because I knew that it was definitely something that I was decent at, but it was not something that I was going to be able to make a living doing. You know, it it shifted a lot. At one point, I wanted to be a lawyer. My brother is an attorney, but I didn't really know for sure. And not until college did I actually think, okay, what I really enjoy is writing. And I'd like to go into journalism, which is what my first job out of college was. I think there's a lot of pressure put on young adults to go figure it out. And when you think about it, I think it's just fine to figure it out for now Mm -hmm. and then change. The number of people I know today who are doing things that they didn't go to school for. You're talking to one right now. (laughs) Right? Yeah. I know. Whenever my kids say there's so much pressure in the world, I, (sighs) I always remind them that my dad, who would have been in his 90s when he was in college, I mean, it was true where you had to figure out one career, maybe two. That first job, you were there for years. You got a pension. You you stuck there. Right. Otherwise, there was something kind of wrong with you. And today, you know, you can graduate with an engineering degree and then go and take that into some other direction in a couple of years. And it doesn't mean you're a failure. It means that you decided to do something different. Mm-hmm. I really think there's almost more wiggle room today and, and less stress for that reason. Yeah, I agree. Your book, Undaunted, shares many real stories of your own personal fears and doubts, but it also has a lot of important lessons for any business owner. And it's really a wonderful read, and it it carries through your entire careers that you've had and also the journey of Hint. And right now, today, Hint offers more than just 
flavored water. You have many different products. You have sunscreen, you have deodorant, you have lip balm, you have so many more things. And you yourself have received many awards. And there's one in particular that I want to share with everyone, which is you were named one of the 10 most powerful women entrepreneurs by Fortune magazine. That is a phenomenal award and congratulations on that. What is the mission of the Hint brand today? Well, I think that the mission started off with me, of course, helping me drink water and enjoy something without sweeteners. I think when you think about the overall ethos of that, it's really about gaining better health. And so over the years, what we've done is started to put our toe in the water around helping consumers get healthy. And that can mean with what goes not just in their body, but also what goes on their body. So we came out with the sunscreen a few years ago, a deodorant as well, without the various ingredients that are in many deodorants today that are just not really good for people to be ingesting in some way. It really is helping the consumer by letting them know that there's a brand that is looking out for them. I've never been the type of entrepreneur that wants to launch a Me Too product. And probably one of the hardest things about launching Hint for those who are familiar with the beverage industry is that there was no other product out there in the market that was doing this category called unsweetened flavored water. There were carbonated versions that might have had lime in it. I think lime and lemon were probably the only ones 17 years ago that were even doing carbonation without the sweeteners in it, but a still flavored water with no sweeteners in it. No one was doing it. And I always share with people that when you're starting something brand new and maybe you're not even saying it out loud, you're whispering because you think, oh, you've got this idea that isn't out there and you just don't want to share it with people. The challenge with that is that if you're relying on stores to actually stock your product and you're the only one that is doing it, it's really hard Mm -hmm. because you don't have competition. So how big is the category? Why should they allow any shelf space to be given to you? Are the consumers going to understand it? If you don't have money to go and advertise the product or get the word out about it, then how is the consumer going to know that it's something that they should actually purchase? Mm -hmm. For us, the challenge of that was real. One of the things I talk about in the book is, you know, how competition is actually not a bad thing. I think many entrepreneurs think, oh, sure, you're just making yourself feel better. I'm like, no, it's really a good thing. I mean, it, it creates a buzz around your product. And especially if somebody has a lot more money than you do, your goal should be to focus on you mm-hmm. and what you can control to grow your product. It's never changed. It's always been a, about introducing the consumer to better in some way. And that's what Hint has done in not only the beverage industry, but also in these other categories as well. Your book is titled Undaunted. How do we all become undaunted in our quest to fill our dreams? I think really just embracing that your journey is going to have moments where you're challenged along the way, but you have to figure out how to continue moving forward and figuring things out. Sometimes even when you hit these walls where maybe you just aren't sure how to move forward. Maybe you feel like the wall is winning in some way. Later on, I really believe that you will find out that there's lessons to be learned along the way. And if you don't do that and you start staying complacent, 
then the wall does win. And I think that that's the most important thing that I've learned. And being undaunted, I think really, it's about perseverance. It's about staying creative. I think everyone's got it in them. You don't have to be born undaunted. You just have to realize that so much is in your own control. I know you talk to entrepreneurs all the time who have done this in lots of different categories. Everyone has got stories of fears and failures and challenges along the way, but the thread that really ties all of us together is one of perseverance and figuring stuff out. If you'd like to learn more about Kara and her book Undaunted and her journey through Hint, just go to karagolden.com. That's K-A-R-A-G-O-L-D-I-N. Kara, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today and reminding us that really all we have to do is persevere, that we can all do it. It's great to hear your story. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thanks to all of you for listening today. May Kara's story and all the stories of my guests on this podcast inspire you to go for it and live your best life. Until next time, be well. This podcast is brought to you in part by Fast Twitch Media, helping people tell their stories and giving them worldwide reach. The future is in the cloud. Fast Twitch Media can take you there. Be your best digital self. Check out fasttwitchmedia.space.